Welcome to the Backdrop Untold Stories in Golf. I'm your host, co-host, and co-founder of New Club, Matt Considine. Today, we welcome a very special guest. Native Chicagoan Josh Lesnick, president of Kemper Sports, joins Kevin and me on the Backdrop. Kemper Sports, if you don't know, they're the organization behind 150 different golf courses, private clubs, sports venues, and destination resorts nationwide. Josh is a native Chicagoan and happens to be their president, uh, who started his career, and we talk about it a little bit on the show, as a cart boy at, uh, at a little Chicago golf course. I, I respect the fact that he added cart boy to his professional bio as a recovering cart boy myself. Uh, I've waited to have Josh on the show for, for many years, or I've wanted him to join us. Um, mostly due to his deep knowledge of the industry, the places that he has worked and helped develop within Kemper, including Bandon Dunes uh, as their very first GM, and his unwavering passion for the, the game of golf, which comes off uh, anytime you get to have a chat with Josh. Uh, the really cool part about having him on now is Kemper Sports has been pretty busy making some serious moves in the industry. So we we touch on a few of them, but there's one in particular that is near and dear to, to many of our hearts here within New Club, and that is Canal Shores, the little community golf course on the near north side of Chicago, formerly known as Peter Jan's Golf Course. Uh, Canal Shores is, is the main topic of today's chat. So Kevin and I uh, get to it with Josh. We talk about specific details of the master plan, how things came to be behind the scenes, and we discuss his overall vision for how places like Canal Shores can fit in to the greater good for golf. The Backdrop Podcast would not be possible without our partners' support. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Golf Blueprint. Dr. Nika Daris, Dr. Kevin Moore, they started Golf Blueprint with one goal in mind, creating the best practice plan in golf. They were recently named Golf Magazine's list of top online instructors, and we're lucky to know them here amongst New Club. They've uh, impacted the enjoyment of hundreds of different golfers and their games. Check out their full listing of memberships and practice plans over at golfblueprint.com. Now, without further ado, on to the show. Welcome back to the Backdrop Untold Stories in Golf. Josh Lesnick is with us now. Josh, how you doing? Doing great, Matt. Good to see you. Good to see you again. You know, the, uh, when I first got to sit down with you, Josh, um, uh, I'd already read Dream Golf. You were kind of like a little pseudo-celebrity to me. But what stood out at our lunch is, you know, I, I had been a couple years in thinking a lot about the golf business. And I sat at that table and I realized I don't know shit about the golf business because <laughs> you, my friend, know a lot about the golf business. Uh, wh- wh- where did it all start for you? I mean, you've been in this thing since you're basically in diapers, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, fortunately, unfortunately, at times I was I was born into the into the golf business, you know, my dad founded Kemper Sports, so uh, was he was uh, I, he would take me to work as a little kid. You know, started working at Kemper Lakes uh, as soon as I could drive and worked there summers, high school and college, and um, like I said, just really been fortunate to have uh, you know my dad get in the golf business of all things and be able to um, get in the family business and love the game, love the work. It's been um, really fortunate. Yeah. That, that's, that's something that also always stands out is that you're, you're a golfer at heart, you know, and, and that's why we, we were excited to have you on the show. Cause, uh, today we want to, we want to talk a lot about a place that means a lot to, 
uh, myself and, and members of New Club and our co-host, Kevin Moore, the professor. It's uh, Canal Shores in, in Evanston. So that, that'll be a, a meat of it. But before we got there, I was thinking about, you know, your your career in this. And you've probably had a wild ride at, at Kemper Sports. But take take me back to 26-year-old Josh gets assigned GM of this crazy concept out in Bandon, Oregon. What what went through your head, and, and when did you first know that you were going to be the general manager of Bandit Dunes? The first you, know, you were going to launch Bandit Dunes. When did you learn that, and how did a 26 year old react? Well, first, I, I want to know how you get invited to your event in October. It sounds like it's going to be—you got to be a member to get invited. I'm sure, right? Sorry, Josh, you got yeah, members only, <laughs> buddy. You got to got to get through the application process. <laughs> All right, that sounds like it's going to be good. Um, it's you know you're you're exactly right it was uh way off the beaten path it's hard to believe now even for me and even for mr kaiser we talk about it all the time that just how how small it really was i mean i don't if if i had known what it was going to become i don't think i would have taken the job because it would have been too big for me but at the time you know mike's a brilliant guy He, he has a way of just starting small and um you know, he, he took me out there. He, he called me in the office sort of out of the blue. Um, obviously, we were doing some work for him uh, before he did Band of Dunes. He was investing in some properties with us just to kind of get his arms around the golf business a little bit. Obviously, loves the golf, you know, loves golf, loves the golf business as much as anyone. So, uh, you know, I had a chance to go out there with Mike. And before we even saw the property, we were driving through Coos Bay. I think you've all done that drive. I know you have. And before we even got the course, I said, you know, Josh, I'd like you to think about becoming the general manager here. And um, I hadn't even seen anything yet. All we had done is flown all the way across the country. And and uh, I'll tell you what. So we went and we, we toured the property. Uh, it was just when David Kidd was getting started. And I had a lot of questions in my head for sure. You know, I had a, a wife and a one young child at the time. and. Um, I got to that corner, like where 16 green is and 17 T is. And believe me, I was not a golf architecture guy. I was just, I, I love to play the game and was doing, you know, marketing and golf and, and um, wrapping up a master's degree in marketing. And just so I could try and help, we, we didn't have that many properties at that time and just help some properties market. But when I got to that corner, it was like, this is just epic. I mean, I have to be a part of this. And it was literally that part of it that made me go, I, I, you know, I really have to be a part of it. And I think that's what happens to people when they get out there. It's really the land and the property and the fresh air and the ocean. And, and that's what makes it so unique. And that just, that hit me my very first time on property. And I still had a lot of questions and my in-laws had a lot of questions about moving from you know <laughs> Chicago to Bandon, Oregon. And you have to remember, I mean, it was it was nothing. It was Mike's crazy idea. He called it Mike's folly. You know, no no banks would loan him money. He didn't want to do a feasibility study because he'd pay somebody, you know, 50 grand to tell him he was an idiot. His <laughs> wife, you know, his wife thought he was crazy. I, I mean, it was really a crazy idea. And I, you know, and he began to bring some friends out there and and like me, they would kind of see the property and say, okay, this is, this is interesting. And, you know, and, and sure enough, it turned out to be this Mecca. It's unbelievable. 
I, I, I just finished up uh, my, Mr. Kaiser's newest book, The Nature of the Game. And for, for anybody listening, it, it is uh, a book just as much about life as it is about golf. I, I really um, enjoyed it. But there's early in, in the chapters, you know, Josh, you're, you're throughout it. You're quoted throughout the whole book. Um, but he says, and I, and I highlighted a, a sentence where he said, Josh takes his dirt golf seriously. <laughs> and there's a picture of you, you know, standing in your boots and you are like eyeing down a seven iron on the cliff edge. So t- tell me what that means. You took your dirt golf seriously. Um, you know, I'm not exactly sure. I, I think, you know, what Mike wanted to see was, and we had a, we had a great head professional at the time, um, that we hired on as we got closer to opening. And we really, as we were interviewing him, he was a great player. His name was Tim Vall. He's now the head pro at Portland Golf Club where he grew up playing, but high school, All-American, you know, three-time All-American University of Oregon, won the Oregon Open and Oregon Amateur, all that stuff. Great player. Now, he inspired you to take your dirt golf seriously because he could hit it right off the sand about as good as, better than I could hit it off a fairway. So, I think we all had to elevate our game a little bit because of Tim, but, you know, Mike just has a way of making everyone around him better. His, his unique um, kind of business sense, but also artistic sense. Um, You know, and I think one of his legacies, and it's a great discussion and, you know, obviously everyone has opinions on what, what are the best courses and, but you know, it's, it's possible he's maybe, you know, working with these architects, built their best golf course with them, you know, and mm. only history or time will tell, but is, is Bandon Dunes going to be David's best is, is Pacific going to be Tom's best, you know, Bill and Ben, I, whether it's Cabot cliffs, you know, they've got a lot. It's, it, you know, and they've obviously have sand Hills, which Mike was an early member. Um, but he just has a great way where he, he makes everybody around him better, including me. I, I mean, I never could have done the job without him. Our, our company has become better because of Mike. I mean, he's just a really special, special person. Yeah, talk about an impact on the game of golf that's felt uh, long after you're, or, or walking this planet. It's, it's pretty cool. That you've, you've, and you are so close to all of it and such an integral part, Josh. So that could be a whole podcast in itself. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my last seat for that was pretty darn cool i can tell you and it's and it's still you still have to pinch yourself and every time i go out there i have to pinch myself but it's just it's just that good i mean it you know no matter what people it's one of those places or things in life or the world that no matter what you hear about it like beats the expectations and there's just not that there's not that many things in golf or anything that exceed your expectations, no matter how we could talk about it for an hour and it'll still exceed someone's expectations. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another timely, uh, question for you and then, and we'll get to our friends at Canal Shores and every, all the good things happen there. Um, stream song, another cool place, uh, 160 million. That seems like a lot of money to me, Josh. I, I'm not a math guy. Kevin, the professor, you're a math guy. Is that a lot of money? I mean, I'm very risk averse too. So I hear that number. I'm like, whoa, whoa, what, what, what are we doing here? Yeah. So yeah. T- tell us what you can about that deal. I mean, is that, is that a good deal? Is, is what is, what is Streamsong in the, you know, you guys own so many different assets and clubs and courses. What, what is Streamsong in the, in the big picture for you guys? Well, you know, it's a great question. I mean, we, at heart are, are a management company. That's what we do. We help our clients 
kind of accomplish their goals. Uh, we get really into their visions, just like we did at Stream Song with, with Mosaic and Rich Mack at the beginning, and then Ben Pratt, the two uh, gentlemen that oversaw it for Mosaic um, and during their ownership cycle. And um, that's that's really who we are and what we do. Now, I don't know. you were. I know you weren't able to come to the uh, Kemper Sports Invitational this year, so we didn't really get a – or this past fall, but – we didn't get a uh, really update, but, you know, we brought in some private equity in May, our company did. And, it, um, you know, it's been a family business for 40 years and we brought in some, you know, some money so we could continue to grow, uh, compete uh, in the golf business, which, as you know, COVID gave a big boost to. And um, so it's interesting, you know, as a, as a little family business, which we were for a very long time, I mean, we might have, you know, hour-long executive committee meetings on whether we could buy a pickup truck and another greens mower. Um, but bringing in private equity allowed, you know, them, It's a, they say Kemper Sports, we're really still the management company, but allowed them to make a purchase like Streamsong. And, you know, it's, it's, really, it's really an important place uh, for Kemper Sports. We've been involved since day one. Um, I don't, you probably know Rich. Uh, Rich Mack, um, you know, really hired us for Mosaic. He really obviously had liked what we had done at Bandon and um, wanted some of that feel, you know, and he hired us to to run the golf from the beginning, sort of help him think through, develop, build, manage, you know, open and manage the golf uh, like we had done at Bandon. And um, so... You know, and then they had a hotel company at one point, but we ended up taking over the, both the hotel, the restaurants, the golf about two years ago. And so it's really not a change. I mean, mm. you know, it's yeah. we've been operating it for the last couple of years. Streamsong's not really going to change. If it does, we're going to continue to improve it. Hopefully, you know, we're building, um, Bill and Ben are building a short course now called The Chain, uh, which is going to be a great addition. It's it's right near the the uh, lodge, right near the hotel, right across the street. So now you're going to bring golf even closer to the hotel, which is great. Um, we've changed some of the restaurant concepts and improved the restaurants, and uh, we just want to continue to bring our our kind of special level of hospitality to Streamsong and hopefully maybe even build another golf course. So a lot of opportunity there. Yeah, that brings up something I've been wondering about, Josh. The Portfolio Kemper is so impressive. I was scanning through it this morning. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many places I haven't been. Like, added to the added to my bucket list. Right? Is there when you're thinking about acquiring a property or working the management? Is there anything you look for specific, or maybe what have you like? Is there things you've learned through going through so many properties? You're like, this is what we do great. Like, this is the ethos and branding we can help with the most. You know, what have you learned on that front through managing all these properties and working with them? Yeah, I, I think our kind of special sauce is a couple things. One, it's kind of taking each client on their own and really getting to understand what their goals and their vision. And in golf, it's so many different things. I mean, uh, we, you know, we manage a lot of municipal golf courses on, on behalf of municipalities. Um, sometimes it's developers. Sometimes it's corporately owned. We own some, but it in general, we really like to get to know the client and the client's vision and really help them accomplish their goals. And I, and I think the other part of it is just our, 
our level of hospitality. Uh, you know, it's it's um, we have a proprietary kind of customer service training program, if you will, and and that's really the the thread that kind of sews all of our properties together. Is really this is how we treat people, and it starts you know as a family business, and um, and it's just I, I think when you go to our properties, and Bandon's a great example, and. And of course, you know, working with Mike, like I said, he gets the, everyone around him is better, but even with Mike's sons at Sand Valley and Streamsong and every property all the way through to, you know, any municipal properties, we still manage today, uh, the nine hole municipal Vernon Hills golf course, mm. uh, which was our first management contract. So we've managed it now for 40 years. Um, so it just runs the gamut, but we just have to be consistent no matter what the client is, whether it's a municipality or it's Mosaic or Mr. Kaiser, we have to be consistent and offer that consistent level of hospitality. I think that's kind of our special sauce. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, uh, uh, here, go ahead, Kevin. I was going to say, is there anything that stands out like as a, a difference between like municipality courses versus like the resort courses? Like obviously those exist on very different spectrum, like across, like on both ends of the spectrum of American golf. Like, what is some notable differences you see in terms of managing those and, like, how you have to address um, their different places in golf? Yeah, well, I, I think, you know, one of the biggest things is budgets. You know, you're, you're, you're limited at certain places by budgets. I know you're a, you're a math professor, um, so you know numbers better than all of us combined, I'm sure. But, you know, it's really, we have to be really financially disciplined at all our properties. I mean, golf is an easy business where money can get away from you very easily. It's, it's human, uh, in, you know, human capital, it's capital intensive, both with people and capital projects and, you know, irrigation and drainage and cart paths and ongoing maintenance and, you know, HVAC and roof. I mean, it can, you know, people, want to get into the golf business and then they realize, Oh my gosh, what, what did I get into? And so I think, you know, we have to be, we have to be really, I see you raising your hand there. <laughs> um, we have to be, you know, financially disciplined and, and because we're also owners of courses and it's, it's always been a smaller part of our portfolio that we own, but because we're owners, I think that helps us with our managed properties, be able to look at them uh, as if we're the owner and, and, spend our clients money as if it's our own. And, and I mean, that's, that's kind of the common thread, but also the differences because you're dealing with different level of budgets. Mm. But the, the, the thing that has to stay consistent is the way you treat people. I mean, the $18 golfer is just as important as the $300 golfer or the $50,000 private club member. And everyone's equally as important. And I think, I think the whole industry has really gotten better at that, frankly, of just, being more um, welcoming uh, to beginners and new golfers. And now the, you know, the off course golf, there's more off course golfers today than there are on course golfers. But as those off course golfers get interested in, in coming to the course and they, they don't, they didn't grow up in it. They're, they're not sure they're intimidated. I mean, I think the whole industry led by the PGA of America and, and really everybody else um, has really gotten better at welcoming people into the game, and it happened. It happened started before COVID, which was great because we had so many new golfers come into the game during COVID. So that's a. I, I'm going to take the transition opportunity here because, you know, your guys' portfolio it's, it continues to grow. 
you got private clubs in there, you got destination resorts, you got municipal golf courses, and then there's this Canal Shores that you're now <laughs> managing. Uh, I could ask you what category does that fall in? You know, that's probably <laughs> first, but but may, maybe a, a larger question for you, Josh, is why are places like Canal Shores important in your eyes to that that whole ecosystem? Right? How, why is it important for golf? You know. It's hard to put it in a category, and you know, Matt, that I'm I'm just like you. I'm just one of the volunteers who's happened to fall in love with the place. Um, not only the golf course itself, but kind of what it means to golf and what it means to the community. And and I'm just again just one of the volunteers. And and uh, thankfully, Steve Skinner and Kemper Sports is letting me spend a lot of time on it right now. It's taken up probably more time uh, than it should, but it's such a such a special place um you know you know why it's so important um you know when you talk to people around chicagoland you know i'm i'm on the board of western golf and there's when i go to the the board of governors meeting it's a lot of um very successful people that um, you know, they have time now to volunteer. So they tend to be a little older. They tend to be, um, golfers, obviously, cause they've gotten involved with Western golf and the Evans scholarship and they want to give back to the game. And let's say there's 30 people on that board of governors that successful golfers giving back to the game. And you, when the first time we brought up this idea of canal shores and Western golf getting involved with you say, so how many of you, uh, have heard of canal shores or played canal shores? Almost all their hands went up. If they grew up around here, almost all of them learned to play golf or played some level of junior golf at Canal Shores. Because back in the day, your dad didn't take you to the private club. Mm-hmm. I mean, things have obviously changed and families are going to clubs now. And COVID's had a big effect on that and the games had a big effect. But but back in the day, you just did. You were seen and not heard. You didn't. You didn't get invited to go play at the country club. You got dropped off at places like Canal Shores, uh, that were affordable, or you climbed the fence, or you snuck on, or whatever. And and so, for that reason, for those kids to continue to learn the game and all the positive things that golf can teach you as a kid, and. Um, and then go on to become successful people and give back to the game. I mean, it's really a funnel for people to get into the game. And I think, you know, there's all sorts of demographics between Evanston and Wilmette. As you know, it goes between Evanston and Wilmette. And Evanston is 40% non-Caucasian, 15% live under the poverty line. And golf can be a great conduit to jobs and scholarships. Um, So, it's not only for those people that can afford golf, but it's for them too, whose parents might not take them to the club or they don't belong to a club or they just want to drop them off or get them into a summer program. And if they can afford it, great. But if they can't afford it, you know, we've got the first tee now making an investment into Canal Shores and their goal is to get into the neighborhoods and find the kids with the most need and teach them the game of life through the game of golf and and hopefully create some, you know, future Evan scholars from, from all different walks of life. So, I, I mean, it's just, I could go on. I know you could too. I know you really understand and you volu- you have volunteered there as well. It's just, uh, it's really a special place. 
Yeah, it, 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 uh, it touched on my personal experience briefly here. The, the time spent at Canal Shores for you know, a lifelong golfer, country club kid, obviously golf sicko, obsessed with everything, it, it, it still opened my eyes to this whole other world of uh, appreciation for folks that didn't grow up with all these mm. you know, nuanced aspects of the game of golf. And, and I was still having a blast out there. And I would see people that are clearly new to the game or people that weren't playing at all and just walking their dog or people riding yeah. a bike across a fairway. And I just, I couldn't believe where I was. And, and I tell people this all the time. It's, and I mean this, and people think I'm crazy. Uh, other than like St. Andrews and North Berwick and these places where golf is integral to the community, Canal Shores is right there for me. And, and you just feel it. You just feel it. It's, it's such a... Um, Community golf, you know, that's always been the, the hashtag we like to support there. Uh, it's real. You feel it. And, and now that it's getting its due, that's what has me so excited is I can't think of a more deserving place to have this, this uplift. And um, I wanted to hear about it, about a little inside the business here, because for, I think a lot of people on the outside, they see the master plan. I even had a friend tell me like, oh, about time, that place has needed it. It's been a dump for decades. And <laughs> I said, you have no idea the convergence that had to occur. You know, it's probably like the professor's parabola back there about what you guys, you know, just the involvement of Kemper Sports and then this nonprofit and the Wilmette Evanston, you know, property lines. And um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the miracle, if you will, of, of that's gotten you to this point where you guys are now releasing a master plan? Yeah. Well, the miracle hasn't happened yet. I don't want to get... <laughs> I don't want to, there's been articles written and obviously there's a lot of talk about it because it's hard to keep the excitement uh, quiet because so many, obviously the, the passion you have for it. And I, I agree with everything you said about it, just the community golf aspect. Um, you know, it's, it's run, the category it really falls into Matt um, and Kevin is, is it's a 501c3 nonprofit. And, and we have other clients like that. We run Cantini. Um, Right. In Wheaton, so a great twenty-seven hole public facility. I know you've you've done events there and and, and you've played there, but uh, great property run by the McCormick Foundation, another nonprofit, and and you know just one of the best junior programs probably in the country at Cantini. You know how many Absolutely. good players have grown up. I think Kevin Streelman's one, but I mean just good players and good people that have come out of that uh, junior program. They've been doing it right for a very long time, and we're you know, obviously thrilled to be a part of it there. Um, they've even had some Evan scholars out of Cantini for a public golf course, which is, which is great. Um, so, you know, Canal Shores is run, is a nonprofit. It's run by a group of volunteers. You wouldn't believe the amount of time they spend on it. I, I, for better or worse than becoming one. And, um, and they just, they love all the aspects you love about it. They get it, but it's, it's been run on kind of a shoestring budget. I mean, they've literally, it, so it, it's owned by the Metropolitan Water Reclamation District and it sits in Evanston and Wilmette. So it's leased to Evanston and the Wilmette Park District. And this nonprofit board, the Canal Shores Board, leases it from Evanston and Wilmette. It is completely privately funded by donations from board members and neighbors. Um, you've seen the neighbors come out and volunteer on the golf course. Some of the times they're watering the greens in their backyard. You know, it's literally, a, it's 
it's a, a place of passion, that's for sure. So, you know, a couple, I, I did, I knew a friend of mine from the golf industry named Chris Charnis, who owns, uh, uh, he's a golf course broker, Lynx Capital Advisors. I don't know if you know him. He's been in the golf business a long time. He's on the board and, and he invited me out to lunch uh, one day and we started talking about it. And then at our second meeting, we met at Canal Shores. We had lunch somewhere I, um, somewhere in Wilmette, I remember first. And they told me what they were thinking about and like, okay, you know, and, and so then um, we had a meeting at Canal Shores on a weekday morning. And Matt, the, I, it was a beautiful summer morning and there must have been 200 kids um, wow. from all very diverse backgrounds out in, we have a, a partner right now running the junior, or they had a partner running the junior golf programs called the Golf Practice. Really a great group of instructors, have a great indoor facility. You, you're great probably familiar yeah. with it. Great new, new indoor facility as I take it, right? New indoor facility. I've been there. It's in Deerfield. It's really, really good. Um, great group of guys, great instructors. Um, they have a big program and one of their programs is at Canal Shores. And I was out there and like, this is what golf needs to be. I mean, this is what everyone's talking about. This is what the USGA is talking about. It's what the PGA of America is talking about. It's what our company's trying to do in player development. And it's like right there. And, um, I just, you know, it's like a, a switch went off. Like we need to, we need to take this kind of the next level. And not only that, and as you know, you know, people say, oh, it's been a dump for years. Well, you know, it's hard to keep it going as a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. And if, if you don't know the business, it's easy. It can spiral a little bit. And, and the infrastructure is old. The irrigation is, oh, it's a hundred year old golf course and the infrastructure is old. And so really the project we accidentally is, hit some pipes one time and i go i think that was part of the titanic what is that like yeah, that's exactly. not what pipes look like yeah yeah uh, i believe you and it and it's true and and so the irrigation's old the drainage is old they really haven't kept up with maintenance of the surroundings even the out of place so that the trees have encroached and the brush is encroached and we really need to do kind of a tree replanting program and clear some of the brush so you can you, you can get some sunlight on the tees and greens and even widen the corridors a little bit because it's a golf course played by beginners mm -hmm. and, and it's even hard for great players like you, but, um, you know, so it's, it's, we need to fix the infrastructure so we can kind of really become the purpose driven place that it should be in terms of growing the game and growing good people and, and really, you know, Western Golf starting their Caddy Academy there. I mean, that's one of the things we're all really excited about. And we have this unique relationship in Chicago where the first T chapter is aligned with Western Golf. So getting first T kids, and we really started it at Jackson Park with a little uh, Caddy program there. And we had our first Evan Scholar from Jackson Park. Um, and Canal Shores, we're planning to do a similar thing. We're going to get first tee kids into the Evans Scholar Program. But we, what we really need, and it's privately funded, I mean, we need donate, we need the volunteers and we need donations. We're still raising money um, to get to our number. Um, and, you know, so we can improve the infrastructure and then we can, then we can continue with our youth development goals. And, and we, 
you know, for one, we want to do it all privately funded, Matt, and we want to keep it affordable and accessible. I mean, it, it ruins it to say, oh, we're going to put all this money into it and then we're going to charge 50 bucks or 60 bucks or 70 bucks. We, we can't do it. We're not going to do it. So we have to do it privately funded. We want to keep the rates um, as reasonable as they've been and and start these youth development programs. And that's that's really the goal. I love that you y'all are doing that as part of your mission, Josh. I mean, the, the Canal Shores to me has always been a perfect example of a golf course being a community hub, right? And that's so important to maintaining that, you know, pumping the juniors through, but then keeping it accessible at the rate level so anybody can come there and not, you know, have to balance that with eating or whatever else. So, so I commend you for that. Now, one of my sort of casual passions is on the architecture side, you know, and I've always love canal shores in the sense of that grassroots artisan effort of digging bunkers you know building a little creek in there i always think back to jason way and the work that he did from the beginning and that's what put it on my radar and now you see this master plan come out so what had my brain um, really running when i was thinking about it is like what went into the decision making in terms of who to bring on to reshape the golf course and ultimately settle on todd you know why todd and why, why this transition now? What, what, what all went into that? And, you know, what were the hard decisions that had to be made? Yeah, well, you know, um, that was really decided before I got involved. Um, they had brought Todd in. I mean, they brought several consultants in, frankly, um, to kind of tell them where they, where they were. You know, first of all, the USGA came in and said, listen, if you don't, if you don't change things here, you're not going to have grass um, on the greens and, and they were right when, when Kemper sports took over the property, there was not grass on all the greens and it was in, it was in pretty rough shape. Um, and so as they were kind of going through, they being the canal shores board, the 501 C three board led by just some great, great people who their hearts are all in the right place. And I'm sure Jason's was too. Um, but you can't, you can't home make it. You, you can't, you know, it, those bunkers they built, I get it. The principal's nose and the church pew bunkers and, and really cool stuff. Um, but a lot of the problems underneath the ground there in the, in the drainage and irrigation. And so I think Todd was one of the consultants that, that the board brought in. And when I first got involved, you know, it was my thought that I would get to know Todd and make sure I thought he was the right person and um and just try and engage with him as best i could get to know him get to know his style get to know what he likes he has since left he's now out on his own um and i've uh taken him to play some golf and look at some older clubs and old features of things um i've played um he did uh the abbey up in wisconsin he renovated and really did the greens i went and played that and looked at it uh he's got another one near madison uh called i think it's called pioneer point um kind of a nine hole unique uh property so he's done some things more out on his own mm -hmm. um and as i've gotten to know him i find him to be a really talented guy he's really leaned in on the project he gets it too, just like you, you both do. And, and all the other volunteers do what a special place it is. And he's got some creative ideas. Um, he's very open to feedback. We had Mike Kaiser come and walk the property, uh, with Todd, which was, 
you know, special for all of us to spend time with Mike. It's special for Todd um, to spend that kind of time with him. And we went through our plans with Mike and he, and he, well, for one, he loved the place as is, but he, he likes our plans for it. Um, so it's really, you know, I, I would say I, I inherited Todd and I've gotten to know him and I think, um, I think he's going to do a really good job there. Um, that's, that's really where I see it going. When, uh, you know, when all this is said and done and Todd's done his work, you know, and you all reshape canal and to say, you know, I come back and play it for the first time and go through that first loop or anybody, what do you, what do you hope they walk off that 18th hole and think, or maybe their day, they spend, you know, half a day there at canal shores. Like, what do you want that patron to take away and be like, when they go, you know, talk to their friends that haven't been there, what are you hoping they, they share with their friends, um, at the end of the day? You know, what I hope is, is people continue to have the same passion for it that they have now. And part of that is kind of built in. I mean, when you, when you walk that course and you go from what's now the second hole to the third tee and you walk under the L tracks and you're carrying your bag across central street, that's a very unique feeling. And you, you know, you play along the, the canal and the crew teams are rowing and you go past the fire station and the fire trucks coming out. And then, you know, you get back there and you play along the Baha'i temple and then you play through a hundred year old Oak forest. And then you see the Metro train and you cross the brick streets of Wilmette. And then you have the two heroic shots over the canal, which, you know, for kids, one of the best traditions I heard is if, if a kid uh, on the ninth hole where there's that little halfway house and the, we do this in conjunction with Loyola high school, a bunch of Loyola kids sell hot dogs out of that little turn stand. But if you're a junior golfer and you hit the green on the ninth hole, you get a free hot dog. And it's, it's okay. just a, so you know, it's, it's a hard shot, you know, but so I, I think, we don't want to take away from all that. And I think our goal from the architecture side is just to add a little bit of coolness factor to it. Um, the greens have really shrunk. They're, they're tiny. I mean, they're like not even tabletops. They're, you know, really small and you have to know your market too. I mean, we, we do want people like, you guys, the architecture people, to have canal shores on their list that they want to play. There's no doubt. But the majority of people that play there are beginners, juniors, new golfers, lousy golfers. And if anything, we want to make it a little easier. I mean, those homemade bunkers are cute, but people can't get in and out of them. And we can't even prepare the bunker. I mean, as, as Matt said, there's more dogs than people sometimes. Dogs go in bunkers. We don't have enough people on the maintenance crew to prepare bunkers every day. So, you know, we're limited in some ways. But what I would like people to feel from an architecture standpoint, and this is what I'm really working hard with Todd and both Wadsworth Golf, which, by the way, Wadsworth Golf Foundation is has made a big donation to the property. They're the they're the contractor and. They've Eric Wadsworth and Doug Mislinski have really leaned in and they're making a huge donation to the, the project. The contract they're, they're doing is very fair even before they make the huge donation. So, um, but what we want to do is a little, it, it's a hundred year old place and there's, you know, Tom Bendelow was there. And so we want to get a little bit of that old Chicago feel. 
without going overboard because we just can't go overboard. I mean, really what we're trying to do is improve the infrastructure. Um, but we'd like, you know, some of that angular stuff. We're going to do some of the template greens. Um, we, we're going to do, I mean, at least a Biarritz, a punch bowl or a Dan, um, a short. And we also have Todd's come up with this really unique idea where back by the Baha'i Temple, Matt, you know, those holes, there's three holes back there. We're actually going to reverse the order they play in and add like a 70 yard putting hole, which will go directly at the Baha'i Temple. Right now you walk past this. I mean, the Baha'i Temple is like one of the seven wonders of the world. It's just beautiful. Yeah. I can't describe it. You have to see it for yourself. If you haven't seen it. It's right on Lake Michigan. You've got the Wilmette Harbor right there. You can see a peak of the lake and the sailboats and stuff. And, but you don't really see the Baha'i Temple, the way the holes are routed now and the way the brush has grown up. So our, our hope is to clear the brush and create this really cool kind of putting hole um, right at the Baha'i Temple. And, and um, it's pretty unique. And so that little corner of the golf course is going to be re- really cool. We got technology um, now, John. Oh, give, it back, give, me, um, give me some goosebumps right now. This is for the this is for the visuals. You if you haven't yeah. seen this thing, I mean, you walk right by it, and, and like Josh said, it's one of the. I mean, look at the detail on this place. One of the wonders of the world. And to your point, you can't see it <laughs> when you're walking by them in in the middle of season. It, walk in February, you get a clear view. But can you see kind of a peak of the golf hole over there? Just. Yeah, just, just the west, west of the. There, there you go. Point. Yeah, just there's the there's the tree line today, right? Yeah. So um, there's going to be a punch bowl over there, and then this putting hole, and um, I think the Redan coming back. It's going to be real, you know. And so we're we're not trying to overdo it. We'd like some old shapes. We're going to do some template greens, make the greens bigger. Which you know, some some of the good players that play there think we're crazy for making the greens bigger. They like you know, everyone has an opinion. You can't make everybody yeah. happy. I think, you know, what we've one thing we've learned is you have to know your market, who you're really building it for. And it let's say eighty percent of the rounds are gonna be the people that are playing it. But I want those twenty percent to be people like you that come in town and say, Yeah, I'm gonna try and get on some of these old clubs and I'm gonna play the great public golf in Chicago, but Canal Shores is on my list. I have to see this place. I and that's I, our goal. That's that's so cool. And I, I didn't think about that too. Uh, Josh, and it's good to hear you say it because you know I think there's a lot of uh, uh, fairly astute golfers that listen to this podcast, and um, I, I know I've gotten pushback in the past when I've invited some of them out, but I think it's important for it to be engaging for that group, uh, not because they're the core customer. I don't think that we, you know the numbers; it's not going to be the case. But um, I know I've got more and more buddies after the pandemic getting into golf, and they know I've been a golfer since they've known me, so they hit me up first. And they're like, hey, I'm in Chicago. I got a morning round that I got to get in. Where, where do I go? And I, and I say Canal Shores, right? And, and for them, it, there's some personal reasons, but I, I also want it to be backed up by the compelling reasons of it is, the, you know, all those things that you hear me talk about with golf, it's, it's it plus a course that is really engaging, is interesting, has options, all that stuff. So that, that's what, one of the things that really excites me about it is that I, I can go out there with, you know, my dog and my kid and uh, buddies that have only been playing for six months and we're all going to have uh, an experience there. That, 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 that just checks a big box for me. Oh, it's, uh, you know, I brought my three kids out there and, and um, all different levels of golfers. My 
12 year old daughter and you know, they're wearing Cubs jerseys and um, just having a ball in the neighborhood and checking out, you know, ecology is a big part of what the, the canal shores board does and the kind of the community garden and the replanting that's going on that all the volunteers are, are working on. I mean, it's just such an interesting place. Um, I don't want to mean to get away from the, from the architecture, but there's so much to take away. And, and that's definitely our goal. We want, we want people like you to leave there and go, oh, that was, that was really cool. I mean, not the whole experience, but also the architecture. Um, I, it felt a little old school, which is what it should feel like. I, I want to give a, a shout out to uh, a board member, Matt Rooney, who, oh, yeah. you know, I, I was there for golf interest. Right. And, and Kevin mentioned our, our friend Jason way, and he was digging bunkers. And the first time I showed up, he said, what, what are you doing? You're not here to check. Go grab a shovel, grab a lot. Yeah. We got, we got things to do around here. I go, Oh, okay. So I got into it that way, but meeting a guy like Matt Rooney, who was leading the, um, you know, the bird watchers at Canal Shores, he mm-hmm. was, he was marking trees because of what's native and what's invasive. And, and I was, I, it just kind of flipped my world. Here I am, this golfer that's walking by all these, uh, you know, environmental th- things. He's living, breathing flora and fauna, and I wasn't paying attention. It, it, it has sincerely changed my perspective of golf is hanging out there, talking to Matt Rooney. And, and now when I'm volunteering in March, I'll hear a bird. I go, hey, Matt, what is that? Is that a, yeah. is that a yellow-breasted <laughs> cardinal? What is that? Uh, so it's it's just such a unique place, like you said. And I think um, that's a big spirit of this podcast is introducing people to new elements of the game. Think about the game a little differently. Uh, Canal does that in spades with all these other initiatives that they're doing. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. My, my son Henry, who's an environmental studies major, he's he uh, you know obviously played golf as a little kid just because I'm his dad. He just liked being outdoors and everything, but. Um, getting back into the game now that he's almost finished with college. But that 11th hole where the community garden is, there were a couple of volunteers out there, and we lost Henry for an hour. He, he was looking at all the flora and fauna on the golf course. and um, So it means a lot, of, a lot of different things to different people in that community, which is great. I think one of the other things, Kevin, you know, is, is um, we'd like to put a, a couple, three more of the greens kind of closer to the canal. You don't really feel the canal other than on those two holes where you hit over it. Mm-hmm. And so maybe a couple of the greens where you really feel the canal a little bit. And as long as it's on the left, you know, typically only really good players miss left and we all, the rest of us miss right. So as long as there's a big open area on the right that people can kind of chip and have a chance to get up and down, but, you know, bring, bring the canal into play on a couple areas I think would be really cool too. And, and, uh, Todd's obviously been really receptive to kind of all the input. And I spent, uh, you know, an hour on the phone with Andy Johnson the other day. I mean, he, um, he played one of his last rounds, uh, with his grandfather at Canal Shores. It's really a meaningful place to him. And he's, uh, giving us some input. Obviously, um, I was very close to Matt Janela when he, did Winter Park Nine. I spent mm. a lot of time with John Ashworth out at Goat Hill. Two really neat places, community golf courses. So, just trying to do our research and um, do the best job we can with it with the budget we have. We we've chatted a lot about the the, the volunteer spirit there and, and all these different ways that the community gets involved. What and I might be getting ahead of ourselves, but you know we we hit the the milestones and and all goes well and there's a renovation. 
do, do you have a sense of what the volunteer effort will be post-renovation? I'll give you the example of our Artisans Club. We started a club within a club, Josh, out of Canal. It's it's called the Artisans. Uh, they just self-organize. We got a chairman, uh, David Gilmer, who gets people together on a random Saturday in March and go out and you know do the remedial tasks that the the grounds crew obviously can't get to with limited resources. And uh, and it, in the early days, <laughs> it was actually things like, all right, we need you four to edge this bunker. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like I don't know how to edge a bunker. Who's putting me in charge of this? <laughs> But but you know over time we've we've started to see there's more organization you know you guys get involved and in, in putting some some structure around it so obviously we can't be you know just chopping things down and, and digging digging holes in the ground but but um, I think it's important that the the volunteer effort stays strong so I, I was just curious what your thoughts are on on how that evolves once a renovation takes place once funds become available to have the the professional staff to do those sorts of things what 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 do you think the vision is for the volunteers well you know i think one of the one of the things the board was probably worried about when they were think considering bringing in a, a management company uh, like ours um you know was they're probably worried in some ways that it, you're going to lose the charm you know and and Eventually, you know, I was personally able to, you know, make them feel comfortable that they weren't because what I love about the place is the charm. I mean, if you take the charm away, it's not Canal Shores anymore. And and that's true, Kevin, with, with the architecture and, and with the community aspects and the volunteers are just a big, big part of it. And we'd be crazy to not want to keep the I, I don't think we could keep them away for one and for two, you know. We'd be crazy to want to. I mean, they're just a hugely important part of the of the place. We have a it's run on a shoestring budget. Um, we hope to get better. I think the board needs to transition into more of a fundraising board. And with all the good they're doing in the community, I think that that will happen. Um, so we can have a little bit better, bigger of a budget. We're going to have bigger greens that cost more to maintain. Um, but you know, you know, I mean, when there's a there's a storm out there and there's brush to be cleaned up, I mean, those volunteers are out there before anyone's out there. I mean, they're such an important part of just the success of the place, the feeling of the place, the community aspect. So, if anything, I hope it grows. But it's already a thriving it's a it's a thriving institution on its own, and and um, so we we hope it uh, we hope it continues really. I really appreciate your attention to charm and community there, Josh, too. I think like one of the things that's easy to happen in golf is, you know, I, I think Canal Shores is going to be a, a resounding success when you get through all this. It already is, but it's going to be continued. I think one of the things that can happen is it gets overrun by people like me or Matt as it becomes popular, right? <laughs> so like you lose that charm. You can lose the community aspect to it as it becomes popular. And all of a sudden you've got all these golf degenerates being like, oh, I have to go play there. And then they're eating up all the tea times. They're eating up the high, the hang, and then the vibe becomes more about them than actually that grassroots community that's around there, that's doing the volunteer work, right? That's there every day. So I, I just want to say I appreciate like your attention to that because it's easy for golf to become just looking like you know us golf degenerates that will travel everywhere to play every golf course. Well, we we want you and uh, me. I'll include myself in the in the golf degenerate category. We, we need us to go play there too. We really do. Uh, we need to generate the revenue, but you know our biggest donors, Western Golf, 
First Tee, Wadsworth Golf Charities, the Chicago District Golf Association. They want to do things with the military and disabled golfers. I mean, a lot of that. So more about the course that um, where the first two holes sit now um, is going to we are going to have the first hole there. The first hole is now going to play where the current second hole is. It's along the canal and we putting the green right on the canal and then the fire stations in the backdrop. It's mm-hmm. and there's a new green actually already there which you can see some of Todd's work because long story, but the central street bridge project and they had to take over. The, so they allowed us to build a new green. So we got to build one green um, there. It's not the road hole green, although that would have been a good place to do it. That's going to be the 18th hole, which is also has a road right behind it, um, which is already a good hole. But I think, you know, again, we just want to add a little, little flair to it, but that whole area, Kevin is going to become our kind of first T youth development area. So we're actually going to have 19 holes. So because that'll be closed a lot just for kids, whether it's first tee kids, golf practice kids, caddy training, caddy academy training. Um, that area will be closed, and then so you'll start kind of mad across the street where the third tee is now. And mm-hmm. there's going to be kind of a 17A around uh, just after the 16th hole over the canal. So. Um, that's going to always have um, youth golf. I mean, a lot of the time have youth golf on it, um, which will be great. And I think that's part of the charm of the place. We're also doing a big putting lawn, um, a la the punch bowl. We built one at Deer Path Golf Course, which is a municipal course in Lake Forest that Todd Quitno uh, did for us. It's really fun. We've had some company events out there and other people are doing events out there. It's really a fun, you know, you make an 18 hole putting course and, have at it so that's going to be used for teaching kids short game a lot of the time mm. but when kids aren't out there us golf degenerates can you know there's a fire pit you can buy a beer in the pro shop you can go out and putt 18 holes it's going to be quite a hang um so there's times of days that we certainly want the degenerates kevin <laughs> oh well i'll be there i promise you'll you be one of the, the kick me kicking me out that's for sure <laughs> i'll uh, be there with you Josh, we're, we're, we could talk all day uh, just with our shared interest in this place, but uh, we're going to let you go. Uh, I did want to tell you, you reminded me of a good idea this year. We got our new club hangout on May 20th at, uh, at Canal. It's our first Chicago event of the season. We always kind of treat it as a, as a kickoff. Our captain hits the ceremonial tee shot, and it's always a, a hoot. But um, I think we're going to have to give away free hot dogs on nine for anybody that hits a green, as long as there's a donation. To the to the nonprofit, the four hundred one c. So thank you for that idea. I forgot about that. Um, we're gonna give away I'll, hot dogs cook, for cat. I'll cook them for you. If the donations are enough, I'll cook them for you. Yeah, and- you you heard it here, folks. Josh Lesnick <laughs> is shipping out hot dogs for donations. That's that's awesome. Josh, thanks for joining us today, man. This was really cool to chat with you. So so near the the, the announcement of of all this stuff happening. Um, we'll be we'll be tuning in. Great, Matt. Thank you. Listen, one of the volunteers, David McPherson, will absolutely, he'll kill me if I don't. He told me I have to say where you go to donate, the www.canalshores.org backslash donate, I think is what it is. I know you you all are smart and you'll find it, but um, I know how much, I, I mean, we didn't even get to talk about your club and how much I appreciate what you've done in golf and kind of taken something that's been successful overseas and bring it to America. We've gotten so much wrong with golf in America, you know, in the past, I think we're, we're over that, but 
you know, your club is just um, a great model, certainly for clubs in America. And, and your members are passionate. So I, I promised David I would say the, the website. I hope I said it right. And um, you sure you did. Canalshores.org forward slash donate. There it is. There you I, go. Thank I'll, you. Uh, I'll include it in the show notes and, and make right. sure people have that link. If you're listening right now, you can open your phone, wherever you're listening to us on, you can click on that link and, and help it out. It, seriously, if you haven't been to Canal Shorts, this is, <laughs> this is one of those things in golf that uh, will, will keep you in love with the game. So just um, thanks, Josh, for sharing the story, man. And thanks for your, your, your comments about New Club. We're, we're working hard in our little sliver of the world too. And, and it's been fun to meet folks like yourself. Really cool. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. Professor, was that fun? That was a lot of fun. It's my first uh, interview on a bag drop. Yeah, I wasn't quite prepared for that, but to sit down with, you know, head honcho one, at Kemper Sports. That's uh, one of the most influential guys in the game of golf yeah, right now. Yeah, I'm, yeah, not, sure what the, I'm not sure what to think about that in terms of just yeah our place and getting a, that chance to talk to him about such a awesome, passionate project. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, set the bar too high maybe for the rest of the season. I mean, what a, what a convergence! We're probably the only podcast that gets a guy that just uh, was was part of the one of the largest transactions for a golf resort. You know, one hundred sixty million dollars of stream song, and we talk about Canal Shores for forty five minutes of the show. Um, I yeah, but it's it's and that's what's cool about Josh. You know, he is so influential in the game of golf, but he he is just a golfer, and and I love that he always comes at it from a perspective of the customer and mm. and the golfer and mm-hmm. the variety of them. So. I, that, that's what stuck with me. What stuck out with you about, you know, what, what he had to say about yeah. the project there? I think two things is, I mean, kind of piggybacking off you too there, like, you know, he's been involved in band and streams on Canal, so on. Like, arguably the most important project might be Canal Shores out of all those in terms of golf, right? Yeah, certainly we love band and great golf courses, stream song, same thing. But in terms of golf, in terms of what it should be in U.S., like maybe Canal Shores is the most important project. I think one of the thing, the questions that gets raised there, you know, it's so commendable what they're doing with Canal Shores and the way they're pushing it forward and making sure it gets entrenched in American golf, right? I loved his commitment to community um, and charm. That's that's something admirable, and we should champion that and really hold that up as, I hope, an example for everywhere else. But at the same time, I always wonder, like, they're obviously, they're pro- I, I trust they're going to do a bang-up job. What happens after that? Like, does it devolve into something that's more about golf degenerates, like, us that will, you know, me from Athens that will travel up there and it gets infiltrated by. Oh, interesting. Cause you, uh, yeah, you asked, you asked him that question based on, Hey, what, 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 when the audience changes, when it's a great golf course and, and you know, hardcore golfers are showing up. Yeah. How do you maintain that blend? So it doesn't become more about them than the community, right. than the local workers that are there that aren't golf degenerates that are going to travel even within their local community to play golf. Like how do you make sure they're the ones that own it? Versus right. those it, of us that a, come in and want to take our Instagram pictures and have a blast. Like, cause you don't want them that you don't want, I don't, I shouldn't right. own Canal Shores when I come there. I should feel like a guest, right. To a community, to a social community. And how do we, or how do they time allocation, that? right? Maybe there's a allocation of visitor times versus just like they do overseas, even though it's not yeah. a, uh, you know, or, or a Tory Pines model perhaps where you got to make sure you get those tea time. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. So, you know, and I hope, I hope they wrestle with that and give us a model for what that looks like. So it is about that community that's there and it's about that local hub and they always maintain that. So that's always the vibe when you show up on property. Yeah. Well, I, that was uh, an awesome interview with somebody that uh, I've been wanting to have on the show for a long time. And it's cool that we got started, 
you know, in the bag drop season with a guy who um, um, many of our listeners are going to be very interested in what Josh has to say, but also the, the place. You know, we did what we we said on our, our first episode. We're going to shine the spotlight on places that matter in the game of golf, places that matter to us that maybe don't get the the spotlight typically. Canal Shores, we got that. So, um, yeah, that was that was fun. Uh, again, thanks to our, our sponsors of the podcast, Golf Blueprint. Uh, if you don't know Golf Blueprint, go to golfblueprint.com. They're our official partner of this year's spring meeting. Kevin, when people ask you what Golf Blueprint is, what do you tell them? I know you get that question a lot. We are, uh, we pride ourselves on this. We're the practice program for the, the just the everyman golfer, right? Like so much of what's built out there in the practice community is designed based on the scratch golfer. And most of the people in the in terms of the ones that run the company, you look, they're scratch golfers, right? We've really pride, pride ourselves on connecting with the, say, 10 handicap golfer, the 15 handicap golfer, and what will help them get better. And more importantly, what will help them enjoy the game as they're getting, as they're trying to get better, what will keep them coming back to the game, coming back to the driving range? So, you know, we call ourselves the personal trainers of golf, but we're not the personal trainer that is working with that meathead that benches 300 pounds, right? <laughs> we're that person like, hey, you have that New Year's resolution of getting better. Maybe you you feel the the gym's a foreign concept to you. Maybe the range feels that way to you. We're here, we're here to help you out on that, right? To guide you through that process. So you get excited to go out there. You don't feel like a stranger coming to the range. You know exactly what you should be doing when you should be doing it and how often you should be doing it. So that way you at least know you're doing the work. And more importantly, you're having fun with it. And guess what? When you're having fun, you probably do it more often. When you do something I, more often, you kind of get better at it. So I, I, yeah, you'll get better. I know better it's not maybe your core customer, but if you are like me and, and suffer from a little bit of what I would go to call undiagnosed ADD, HDHD, whatever you want to call it, Golf Blueprint brings you right back, baby. It's like when I'm on the range and I'm I'm just kind of slapping some wedges and I move on to my eight irons and I'm like, oh, let's jump to this. I just I'm moving around and I think the focal point of your your what your very prescriptive plans, like a personal trainer would, uh, that's what I get value out of uh, for Golf Blueprint. So um, shout out Golf Blueprint, uh, Doctor Nikodaris. If you got questions, he's the man. He he'll uh, he'll fill you on everything they're doing, and we'll see those guys at the spring meeting, uh, April. 30th, April 30th? Spring meeting's already coming soon at us. Yes, wow, April 28th and 29th uh, down at Sweetens Cove. Can't Thanks. wait. See you on the next episode. Talk to you soon.